for IU Themester 2022, it's Identity and Identification, sponsored by the College of Arts and Sciences. I'm Karen Goss. Co-hosting this series with me is Amanda Tinkle and Kate O'Neill. Today's guest is Professor DeWitt Douglas Kilgore. Dr. Kilgore is an English associate professor as well as an adjunct professor of American Studies. His focuses include sci-fi, media, and literature. His book, Astrofuturism, Science, Race, and the Visions of a Utopia in Space, is an analysis of race, nationalism, and the future. Professor Kogor teaches courses on English literature, including a course looking at the comic book medium and its impact on media, groups, and the individual. His knowledge and love for comic books is highlighted greatly throughout his work. Today, IU Semester sits down with Professor Kogor to discuss identity and race, media, and their connection to the wonderful world of comic books. To start off first, we just want to kind of talk about like your background in comic books. Can you tell us a little bit about like your focus, your interests with it? Anything you want to talk about, about like your background, we'd love to hear. Sure. Well, a lot of people, my uh, comic book reading life begins when I was a, when I was a little kid and I first saw a comic book on the newsstand in the, I guess it was the early 1960s in a department store in St. Louis, Missouri. I think it was a Batman comic book, you know, and the, the, the colors and et cetera, et cetera, attracted me. I probably begged my parents or my grandparents to get it for me and I've never looked back. And so, so I begin as a reader. In terms of my further background, basically because of my age, when I went to college and then graduate school, I never got a chance to, you know, study comics in the classroom. You know, there was no college professor who was like saying, you know, uh, having a class, right, where I could go in and, you know, learn about superhero narrative or, graphic novels or illustration is part of, uh, you know, comics illustration is part of, of art history, right? That wasn't possible. And what that means is that because I actually teach that stuff from an English department uh, perspective, I'm part of the first generation of college professors who mount classes on both popular and serious comics in the classroom, right? And I say from an English department perspective because uh, there are also uh, folks in, in the art department, in art history, are working in the same field and coming at it from, uh, you know, I guess a, a different perspective, let's say. But we're all happy campers in, in that. That's my long-winded answer to your first question. Based on kind of your research and also your personal experience, do you feel that comic books can kind of inform identity? And if so, how? Nowadays, let's say, being a person who reads comics or has acquaintance with the material is not considered niche or unusual. That certainly wasn't my experience growing up. You know, if you were interested in comics, uh, that was not mainstream, not the norm, not the things that a cool kid did. Identity, 
geek, nerd, someone who's interested in things that are not part of the main stream. Uh, your identity as uh, just an ordinary person walking around is not uh, your identification with the Boston Celtics basketball team or the St. Louis Cardinals baseball team or uh, the Chicago Bulls football team. You know, those are all identity formation things that you can be interested in. And it defines who you talk to, right? Who's part of your tribe, you know, in other words, who shares kind of references with you, right? Uh, one of the podcasts that I listen to is a, a podcast done by Jason Concepcion for Crooked Media on comic books and motion pictures and television, right? Uh, Jason Concepcion and Rosie Knight are two of the people, you know, the co-hosts of this podcast. And they have deep, deep, deep knowledge of the medium, right? I would say deeper than my own, <laughs> you know, in that uh, if you ask them, okay, break down for me Moon Knight. Who are the creators who created that, uh, that, that character? And what was the character's backstory, et cetera, et cetera. And then how does that um, fit into or differ from the television series that, um, uh, that Disney Plus had uh, with Oscar Isaac as the lead? Boom, boom, boom. They can, they can, they can give it to you, right? Uh, I wouldn't be able to keep up, right? But, you know, part of that, part of that, you know, gives you kind of an insight into the, um, I guess, the fan culture that they're part of, right? And that informs their identity. Um, and what's interesting about this, you know, basically in terms of the broader topic of identity and identification, Jason Concepcion is Filipino-American and Rosie Knight is um, British, you know, English, right? Uh, and so they're coming from two parts of the earth, but they come together with their shared love for uh, this particular medium, its creators and its characters. Right, you know, Jason Concepcion is kind of interesting because he's a, he's also a huge uh, sports geek, right? So he can actually talk about uh, the more mainstream stuff about you know basketball and baseball and all that kind of stuff and keep up with uh, the uh, what from my own position would be considered the, the kind of jock culture that I was really alienated from <laughs> as a as a, as as an undergraduate. Right. So that's also part of his identity, you know, that he could talk, that he can, you know, talk to uh, people who are um, really invested in, you know, knowing who won the uh, 1975 Super Bowl. I'm just picking that, you know, randomly out of ether because I don't know who won the 1975 Super Bowl, <laughs> but th these people do. Right. Mm -hmm. 
You know, I'm on firmer ground if they ask me, uh, do you know who Chris Claremont is? It, I, of course, I know who Chris Claremont is. Chris Claremont is the, uh, is the writer who basically made the X-Men what it was uh, in the 1980s and 90s and provided a lot of the material that went into the, um, went into the, the motion pictures, right? That was adapted for the motion picture screen. Right. You know, so I, I, I would be more comfortable talking to Jason about that stuff than talking about, you know, OK, who won the Super Bowl, you know, uh, back when I was in high school. You've sort of touched on this a little bit when you were talking about Jason and I, his co-host, um, they're different, how they come from different backgrounds and mm-hmm. are still able to like have this shared knowledge of comics. And something we wanted to talk about was with comics having a history of being sort of overwhelmingly white with exceptions of superheroes like the Black Panther and the Ultimate Universe's Miles Morales, which we talked about in your class. Do you think in an identity aspect that race and comics intersects at all, that there's any sort of influence on identity with that sort of medium? Yeah, just a second here, because I'm actually... (laughs) Okay, uh, it's the, the podcast is X-Ray Vision. Gotcha. Right, it's X-Ray Vision. And his sports podcast cast is Take Line. Okay. Right. So if you look at those two podcasts, you can get a sense of what, what Jason is about. Right, so remind me, what, what was the punchline for your question? You're, you're all good, you're all good. I'll ask it, I'll ask it again. Okay. <laughs> um, Okay, so kind of talking about different backgrounds and a shared love for comics. With comics having a history of kind of being overwhelmingly white and Mm -hmm. then talking about like Black Panther and Miles Morales, which you talked about in class, with the exception of heroes like them, do you think that race and identity intersect with comics at all? That that's sort of like a factor when forming identity based on comics? Certainly. I mean, so uh, race and identity and comics, you know, from its inception to about the 1970s, comics was a predominantly white medium, right? Mm -hmm. And what that means is that the white and male, even though there have always been women in, in popular comics particularly, and as a medium, it was no different from any other uh, medium in American life that was dedicated to manufacturing a vision of American culture as white and patriarchal, right? And what does that mean practically? Practically, any kind of ethnic or racial difference was treated as something invisible. It's something that's not, you know, referenced in the in in the work. Um, women are second class citizens. They're secondary to any any of the kind of adventures uh, that you might have, with the you know possible exception of Wonder Woman, you know, who's always there. The or it's a joke, you know. It's I mean, one of the things that people often forget about uh, how race is handled, particularly in terms of uh, forming racial identities, is that um, 
it doesn't have to be hostile or it doesn't have to be presented you know as 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 hostile or violent or aggressive right mm-hmm. in terms of how it presents itself it can be part of comedy right uh, it's fun it's entertaining so oftentimes, you know, at least up until the 1970s, uh, if you did have any kind of racial, uh, racialized character or a minoritized character in the comics, it was as comic relief, right? So Asian, African, we can get into ethnicity with it, Irish, German, Swedish, anything that wasn't coded as white Anglo-Saxon Protestant, you know, is funny, right? Because uh, they talk funny. Right. One of the things with comics, you know, uh, is that if you one way of comedy is that if you you say funny things or if you just talk funny. Right. You have a different accent. Your English is not Midwestern standard or received British pronunciation or something like that. Right. Uh, And so you find all of that in the comics. So what what happens when uh, the person who's reading this stuff is not themselves within the the favorite category, the favorite social category, you know, if, if, you know, um, if they're not, you know, straight white, uh, not, they're not a straight white male. Well, you ignore that, let's say. You overlook it, particularly if you're a kid, right? Because you're not looking for that. It's not offered, so perhaps you don't see it. You might not even know to ask for it and to be represented uh, within the medium, right? Mm-hmm. And so that means that, you know, and, and I, 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 in a way, I don't want to say that this is, that this is a, a incle- completely negative, but it, it's, uh, it does give you a kind of um, imaginative facility, right? So you imagine yourself as something other than who you are. Right, you project yourself into the character, right? And this is a this is a um, a um, a faculty, right? That people who weren't white Anglo-Saxon Protestant had just did, right? As a part of their own social formation, right? So, what does that break down to practically, right? See, I'm going to tell on myself here. Uh, when I was a kid, you know, came time for Halloween. Uh, I think me and my brothers, uh, you know, so you, you bought costumes from the store, right? And I was all into Batman. So my parents got me a Batman costume. So, and the Batman, you, you know what these things look like, right? And the Batman costume had a Batman mask, you know, so you had this little black kid running around with a Batman costume and mask on it, you know, and it has a you know, kind of white man's face as part of the mm-hmm. part of the mask. There you go. I was happy. <laughs> yeah. Right. So in terms of it's a historical moment, right? You know, that tells you something about what it is to be attracted to the medium, to be attracted to certain stories uh, in a medium. Uh, to see yourself within it, but not to see yourself at the same time. So, but nowadays, if I was if I was uh, if I was coming up, 
right? I would have, you know, obviously I have, I would have, you know, I might still love Superman or Batman. Well, more Batman than Superman. Let's be, let's get real here. Uh, <laughs> Batman. But I would also, I would have actually, uh, the Bat family has grown. The most recent Batman is African-American, you know. You know, I could choose him, right, as, as, as a kind of a sympathetic character. Or I could choose uh, the Signal, who is another member of the Bat family, who's African-American male, right? Mm-hmm. There's also the Black Batwoman, if you want to talk about female representation, mm-hmm. on, on the CW right now on television, right? There's also a Black Superman, you know? There's also Miles Morales as a Black Spider-Man, right? Et cetera, et cetera. Um, <clears throat> and that kind of expansion of um, representation, right, in comics means that you still have some kind of imaginative faculty in terms of imagining yourself into these fantastic characters because, you know, none of us have superpowers. You know, we, you know, we're not going to be swinging around on a web anytime soon or, you know, flying up into the stratosphere. But there's a sense in which you can imagine yourself into a world that has not been whitewashed, let's say. And I, I suppose, I guess it would take a, someone who's in um, social psychology to kind of break it down for us, you know, mm-hmm. how this actually plays out. But it does give, it more closely aligns the imaginative fiction in with the world that we have, right? And that has been, I guess, the struggle that, uh, or, or the, 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 the social project of uh, comics since, well, you, let's, let's, say, let's say since the 1960s, right? Which is to, to uh, broaden its portrait of the world. And interestingly, that could only come about as a result of the medium maturing and becoming a more serious, let's use that word again, social and political representation or reflection of the world that we have. Right. So awesome. Oh, I think that's really good to talk about. And I think it's interesting to look back at, at media and our and our superheroes and how we've added more and how we've changed, especially in these times as we've recognized what needs to be changed. We've recognized mm-hmm. like also just a storytelling technique that there are so many people in this world that we can be. And I think that's really good to touch on. And nowadays, think, you know, let's let's say that. Just, just as a final thing, one of the yeah. things that's been interesting me, you know, of course, there's, there's been pushback on a lot of this yeah. stuff, as you're probably aware. But one of the things that's interesting me is that um, comics creators and the companies that they belong to seem to have, uh, well, they don't seem to have, they have an editorial investment, a directive in terms of bringing in more and more different people, right? So LBGTQ plus issues are also part of the mix. Uh, DC has done um, anthology periodicals called Voices in which they, you know, uh, present stories uh, about superheroes who are gay, bisexual, non-binary, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So all of that is getting in then too there. And of course, part of what that is, does is draw in 
you know, more audiences. And of course, there's also books focusing on gender and race as well. Right. So anyway, back to what no, you were saying. I think that's a good thing to touch on. No, I think yeah. that's a good thing to touch on. I think I know I know some of the Marvel comics have um, like Hulkling and I think Wiccan. Mm-hmm. Marvel? Yeah. Uh, I don't know my comic books as well. (laughs) (laughs) I'm learning. Um, And so I I think it's interesting. I think it's good. I think it's good to have more characters in this world where our audience can actually be like, hey, that's me. Like I can Mm -hmm. under like, oh, wow, Mm -hmm. this is great. And keep what we have and add to what we have to make sure that we as a growing world, it's all included in this. Actually, I, that's all our questions that we have, but was there anything you wanted that we didn't get to that you wanted to like touch on briefly before we say our goodbyes? Oh, sure. Well, I guess um, I didn't, because uh, superhero comics was just in my mind, I didn't get get a chance to talk about graphic memoir. And in terms of, and, and, and that would be a, an interesting way to, to go with this, in terms of thinking very directly about, um, about identity and identification in graphic novels, uh, the graphic memoir is, is, is a great genre to go for in, in, terms, of, in terms of graphic novels. It, it, it's it's become increasingly popular for uh, people who come from non-majority backgrounds, basically, to tell their life story uh, in a graphic memoir, particularly for uh, Jewish and East and South Asian Americans, right? So I have a, a whole list of people <laughs> that I've been that that I've been teaching. Um, and what's interesting about it is that it's, it's the kind of combination of uh, most of these stories are uh, graphic memoirs are done by writer artists, right? So creators who are both doing the writing and the art at the same time. And so what's interesting about them is that as a result, you get a, a graphic novel that is a direct personal statement mm-hmm. from, the, uh, from the creator, right? That's really unfiltered by, I mean, one of the problems with, one of the interesting challenges, let's say not, not a problem, let's call it a challenge mm-hmm. for um, the superhero genre is that you're always filtering uh, your, your, your interest in representing gender, race, ethnicity, religion, whatever else you got through the conventions of the medium, right? You know, so instead of, interestingly, instead of creating new characters, you have to create another iteration of Batman or Superman, right? In order to be in the mix, in order to have a conversation, right? With a graphic memoir, you don't have that filter. Uh, And so it opens you out expressively into other ways of storytelling, other types of aesthetic uh, representation, right? So I'm, I'm just kind of making my pitch uh, on that. Yes, yes, of course. And I'm glad you touched on that. I mean, graphic memoir is a way 
for it sounds like authors and creators to be able to tell a story that doesn't have to fully rely on like a new iteration of a same character as you were mm -hmm. talking about which mm -hmm. is really interesting important um and so you're meeting the new in a way yeah yeah definitely which is kind of goes back to the whole like technology thing as well mm -hmm. um i guess yeah if that's all kate do you have anything else i don't think so i think it's i i really enjoy talking about as someone who was almost going to be an art student was this close Mm. I think it's a lot of fun talking about <laughs> graphic design and comic books and character design and where that's going to go. So honestly, I just really enjoyed having this conversation with you cool. and learning more about this. It was fun. Today's episode is a part of IU Bloomington's 2022 semester, Identity and Identification. To learn more about this year's theme, today's guest, or Themester events, visit themester.indiana.edu. Themester, Identity and Identification, is sponsored by Indiana University's College of Arts and Sciences and created in part by producer Brooklyn Shively and Themester director Tracy B. Thank you for listening.